Hello, it is Wednesday, October 7th, 2020. And I would like to thank all of you for listening and welcome in the new listeners that joined us yesterday after a massive Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. I've been told by the powers that be, and by that I mean Ty Schmidt, uh, that our numbers are bigger than they've ever been for Mm -hmm. this podcast. We've become a daily podcast, and we can't thank you enough for spending time with us every single day. Now, if you enjoy the show, please be a friend and tell a friend. It sounds like a lot of you have been doing that, so thank you for that. And if you don't like this show whenever it's done, just act like it never fucking happened. Just move along. Yep, pretty easy. How you doing? Keep Keep it moving. We apologize for wasting your ear holes if you don't like the show. But if you love this show, we need you to be a friend and tell a friend. Let's keep this thing going. Today's show, massive guests. I mean, Charles Davis, ever heard of him? Mm-hmm. Dallas Clark, ever oh. heard of him? J.J. Oh. Reddick. Yes. Big show, big day. Let's get to it. Hey, um... Massive day in the sports world, as it feels like every single day is in the sports world right now. The sports world is alive. Big thanks to Adam Shine for the beautiful intro here on Sirius XM, Mad Dog Sports Radio, <laughs> Channel 82. Um, so a quick update for those who follow along on our gambling spiels here. FanDuel, which is the greatest sports book on planet Earth, uh-huh. and I have a deal that every single weekend I give them a lock. I give them a bet that I think will definitely hit over the weekend, and they boost the odds higher for that particular bet than any other sports book would ever have. So my favorite bet boosted more than any other sports book has. We've been doing this for three weeks now. Now, granted, the first two weeks, there was a couple things that popped up, and I lost those Super Boosts. This past week, though, the Pittsburgh Steelers reversed the curse of the Super Boost, and we got a win. Then going into this weekend, it was going to be a little bit of a tease. It was going to be a big run we were going to go on. Then one of my bets in the tease was completely railroaded by COVID-19 hitting their starting quarterback in the New England Patriots. Although some people got their bets in for the Super Boost before it was pulled off of the uh, sports book. Those people end up losing because the Patriots couldn't cover what the Patriots had to do pre-knowledge of Cam Newton. So what I would like to make the announcement was if you bet alongside all of us in this office and if you bet the Super Boost and you are appreciative of FanDuel, you're going to up that appreciation even more because FanDuel is refunding all of those bets that were placed in beforehand. They had to call different states' regulators to get it okayed because there's laws against this type of stuff. But FanDuel is a sports book that gives away money that is the most fair sports book that has ever existed. And now they're refunding refunding bets yet again. So big thanks to FanDuel for refunding our bets. Big thanks to FanDuel refunding everybody that bet alongside us bets. And also big thanks to FanDuel for acknowledging the fact that my super boost should be absolutely red hot right now. Now, mm-hmm. And COVID hitting Cam Newton somehow should not be the thing that derails it. So shout out to FanDuel for making that decision. More on that particular story in New England. Big news this morning. Defensive Player of the Year candidate and actual award winner, Stephon Gilmore. Defensive back for the New England Patriots. Number 24. The man who took his right fist on Monday Night Football and punched the ball out of Sammy Watkins' hand. A man who is nicknamed Gilly Lock because he is such a shutdown corner. Best player probably on the Patriots. By far on the roster. I mean, including Cam. This dude is next level player of the year type player. Tested positive for COVID. Oh. Huh. 
Yeah, so now it's not just Cam Newton who's tested positive for COVID-19 mm-hmm. on the New England Patriots team, which made their game be postponed one day, their travel two days, flying out on same day of game to Kansas City to play the Super Bowl champions. They ultimately lose, but hang tough. Now we are learning just two days after that that their number one stud on the defense, Stephon Gilmore, has tested positive for COVID-19. There's a bunch of news stories coming out about how or why this happened. People have said that they spotted Cam Newton and Stephon Gilmore eating dinner together on Friday night. That would have been before Cam Newton found out about him having COVID-19 or before the world found out about Cam Newton having COVID-19. So something that very easily could have happened. It is alleged that they were seen out. Stephon Gilmore tests negative the next day for COVID-19. Cam Newton tests positive the next day for COVID-19. Stephon Gilmore, whenever he learned that Cam Newton had COVID-19 was probably thinking to himself oh shit I just had dinner with that guy but it came back negative so maybe I don't have it and nobody knows if that exact dinner or even happened or if that's where he got uh, or contracted the COVID uh, virus but he ends up being positive there's a lot of photos floating around the internet of him dapping up Patrick Mahomes after the game and they're like wait a minute did this potential seed of COVID that was buried inside of Gilly Lock on Friday night, that maybe just kind of floated around a little bit before positive tests would come, which they say incubate is something that this thing does, but they have said that COVID-19 has done everything except cure COVID-19 at this point. Mm-hmm. So we didn't know really what's It could have incubated inside of him for a couple of days. He potentially, even though he's asymptomatic, could have spread it to other people. Now there's a full worry that what if the Chiefs, who they played against, who have had all negative test results, if they're potentially incubating it going forward, who knows? The Titans have two more positive test now the work the Raiders have a positive test and everything that we thought was going to happen inevitably whenever we came into this NFL season is currently happening how will the NFL respond will there be games postponed even more the Steelers Titans game which was postponed just had a perfect layup of an opportunity with the bye weeks happening where you can shuffle some things but now what are they going to do with all these teams the Bills I guess now they have to worry on whether or not the Titans are going to be able to play again because they had two more positives I mean there is a lot of question marks how will the NFL handle it a lot of people are mentioning that a bubble should happen well we talked to old Aaron Rodgers yesterday about the bubble we'll get his reaction from yesterday here a little bit and that's a lot of humans if they're to do a bubble in the NFL now you talk about a baseball team Ty how many people are on a baseball roster uh, 25 to 30 players with COVID regulations how many people are in the personnel equipment coaching everything like that at Ty Schmidt uh, probably 20 to 25 okay so that is 50 to 55 people all in whenever it comes to the MLB people. At Nick Moraldo, at Frank Moraldo, Frank Moraldo, who's uh, the host of Hockey, that's Hockey Talk. Whenever the hockey teams went into the bubbles up in Canada, how many people went into those bubbles with them? 50 people per team. Okay, so that's less than an active roster on an NFL team. That one is right around an active roster on an NFL team. That is something that I don't think people are accounting for when they say that the NFL needs the bubble. The amount of people, equipment staff, training staff, let alone having to have your own facility to do all this and the amount of players and coaches. There's like 24 player coaches on some staffs. There's 53 players. There's another, what, 15 practice squad. That would have to be a massive bubble. I mean, this bubble, now granted, you could do two bubbles, but still, you need multiple fields for people to practice on. You need to do all this other stuff. I mean, there is so much that would have to happen if they were to bubble, and it sounds like the players are going to be nowhere near 
okaying it, but I don't think you're going to get a lot of coaches and front office people that are like, yeah, we'll practice on the same field that everybody else is practicing on too. And all this, it just the bubble seems like, just from a logistics standpoint, will not work. The bubble in the NFL, from a feelings standpoint, feels like it's not going to work. The bubble for the NFL has never been something that people thought would work. That's why the MLB was so important. When the MLB started traveling around stadium to stadium with their teams, and there was that major 22-person outbreak on the Marlins because of an alleged story about a couple people doing something they shouldn't have done, which there's more alleged stories coming out about the New England Patriots that we're hearing about, but we will not report them because we don't know if it's 100% true. But when the Marlins had 22 people and they had to postpone the game, and then the Phillies, I think, and then the Cardinals, and there's a couple other teams, but then that kind of sizzled off. Mm-hmm. And that was because the players all bought in afterwards. It was like a shockwave type thing. One player who was great for the Cleveland team actually got traded away because he wasn't as strict as he should be on the guidelines. The players, the coaches, everybody kind of told everybody to tighten it up. You're going to have to lock down. I assume that's what the NFL is going to do. But the issue with the NFL and the difference between that and the MLB is the amount of people. You have so many people that have to buy in. We're talking about interns in the equipment room have to buy in you can't do anything with your life now granted they have a dream job they get a chance to work in the nfl congratulations but some of these guys what 22 23 years old 21 years old maybe even 20 years old and they're just a small little piece in their head of the whole puzzle they're just an intern it's like no 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 you have to buy in that's why the it takes all of us thing is so important and i think players right now are talking around the league i think coaches are talking around the league and they're all saying listen the bubble not only is it impossible when it comes to the physical uh, amount of space that we would need to make this happen. But none of us want to do that, right? None of us want to do that at all. So let's go ahead and tighten this up as much as possible. I have faith that the NFL will be able to lock it down and keep the COVID out like they did for the first couple weeks. They just kind of got comfortable, relaxed after a quarter of the season, a couple guys maybe, or maybe some other way it snuck in there. But let's have faith that for the first like six weeks of NFL football, which is training camp, and the season they were able to figure it out let's hope that they'll be able to lock it back down and do that again that's where i like to keep my mindset as opposed to this spiraling out of control having to add more games which is inevitable more weeks having to delay things it's inevitable potentially but i like to think that they'll be able to lock it down and that's because i'm uh when i walk into a casino i think i'm walking out of there with every single chip every single time it's never i'm walking in how you doing keep it moving I'm taking every fucking chip out of here. That is how I feel. I'm just very like, hey, people say don't don't hope for the best because if you if it doesn't happen, like you'll be disappointed. It's mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. I've not learned that lesson. I hope for the best every fucking time. Mm-hmm. Every single time. And when it doesn't happen, I'm always like, ah, that kind of sucks, but uh, we'll get it next time. I always do that. I hope more people do that. And I think the NFL should think like that as well. But then there's also the mature realist idea that's like, well, they should start getting some plans together because it feels like this is spiraling out of control. At Tone Diggs, your thoughts. Hope for the best. Prepare for the worst, which is what they're probably doing. Secondly, thoughts and prayers to all the players that have it. Uh, Godspeed. Hopefully you get recovered soon. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, by the, by the way, 10 years from now, nothing. Correct. When it comes, we are speaking strictly from a sports standpoint, mm-hmm. not a medical health standpoint. We obviously are pulling for everybody's health. In the positive fashion for this, uh, the Titans, who tested positive last week, played the Vikings. 
The Vikings had no positive after that. So everyone on the internet right now who's freaking out about the Chiefs and the picture of Stephon Gilmore next to Mahomes, let's pump the brakes for a little bit. Let's, let's relax on that a little bit. Hey, there's there's protocols in place. And we got a call from somebody in Wisconsin who allegedly works mm-hmm. in a logistics company oh, yeah. for these tracking devices. They say that COVID, the when those tracking devices go off that they're all wearing, it's if you're around somebody or too close to somebody for 15 minutes straight. Mm-hmm. And everybody's thinking that a little dap up at the end of the game is a 15 minutes straight. But boy, whenever you're just dapping up somebody and hugging somebody that has COVID. It's hard not to think in the world that we're in. Like, oh yeah, probably everybody in that photo has COVID, but that's the original thoughts of what COVID was. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, and it's a little more alarming that uh, not that Gilmore was next to Mahomes on the field, but uh, Jordan Tayamu, the practice squad quarterback for the Chiefs, was tested positive last week for it. So, you know, hey, that's just today's NFL, baby. Hey, Jordan, by the way. Great XFL. XFL potential MVP uh-huh. candidate. What he was doing there. And he's a guy who got completely screwed, by the way. He was in Hawaii. Then he, had, he, he went to a military school in either New Mexico or Nevada or something like that. And then he played for like a couple games there. Then he went to Ole Miss uh-huh. and he played. And, but he never got a red shirt year. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to dismiss the first year of military school where he kind of got fucked over. And the NCAA was like, nope, kick him out. He's got mm-hmm. no more years of eligibility. So then he had to end up in the XFL as like a 21-year-old or something like that, a 22-year-old. His story is a wild one. He's a super cool dude. But yeah, him getting it is exactly my thought. Nobody even knew he was on the Chiefs roster until it came out he was positive. There's a lot of people that are in that building that nobody knows about. It's like every single person in that building is tied at the hip now at this point. Because with this particular thing, I mean, we don't know much about it, but it does spread, I guess. One Raiders player having it, that probably means, what, a couple of them have it? Yeah, Maybe. probably. At least. Because, what, three Titans players had it, and then all of a sudden it's like, 21 people in the building have it or something like that. Well, who it's knows like, what they're doing? Who knows there. how that's going? And they're saying like the players met away from the facility to have practice so they didn't lose anything. And it was like, well, it turns out that meeting could potentially have been a problem. Yeah. But it's like, what do you expect the players? Because all the players want to do is win. And then you see some people have negative tests. It's like, all right, all the people that had negative tests, we'll hang out around each other and we'll figure this out. We'll keep it moving. We'll keep the positive, positive tests sequestered. But then if they know they have practice, everybody's going to point to that. But what were they doing when they weren't at practice? Or what did somebody who potentially came to their house was doing with there are so many different layers to it that have to get figured out and i just it takes all of us pat hey it takes all of us speaking of at boston connor's really buying into that because the patriots now have two confirmed positives on the team potentially two best players players. and we have a practice squad player bill murray also who has the COVID. i mean it's devastating like tony said we all have to do it i'm worried about tyreek hill because you said 15 minutes obviously gilmore was all over tyreek hill all game So if he, you know, unfortunately Tyreek Hill comes down with it, look at Gilmore, I'm thinking, hey, look, Titans, Patriots, Raiders, maybe give them a loss. Maybe they deserve a loss because they're causing so much havoc. I don't know. Instead of spreading it around, and that was the original thought, the Pittsburgh Titans thing, instead of it being postponed, it's like, well, why the Steelers get punished for this? And then they would still have a bye week, though, right? So they would still have a bye week, but they would have a W at least or whatever. It's just, it's very interesting to see how this goes, but we must remember, According to our sources, Mm -hmm. in July, the NFL teams were told from the NFL, hey, this year, we can't worry about competitive fairness in every decision that is made. When it came to fans being in the stands in some places and not in other places, remember the conversation was like, well, that's not fair, blah, blah, blah. And the NFL told their, uh, their coaches and people basically like, hey, we know it's not fair, but like 2020 isn't fair, dude. Sorry. What do you, what do you, there's. 
we just have to get through Deal a season here. This yeah. is what we're going to have to do. This is the world that we're in. And that also, I would assume, meant anything they have to do on the field. For instance, if your two best players, like the Patriots have here, get COVID and they can't play, and you got to rely on a scout team guy to play in a mm-hmm. position, like, hey, that's just what has to happen. I assume that's what they meant whenever they said we don't care about competitive fairness. But now we're at the point where they were trying to care about competitive fairness, except for, I guess, with the Patriots having to fly out on the same day as the game. Huh. But it's going to be very interesting to see how this all goes. Everybody assumed that this was going to happen at some point. I think everybody did. Because whenever we first talked about the Steelers-Titans COVID outbreak in Tennessee, we post a clip, obviously. And everybody on Twitter, you know, they are the smartest humans on Earth. And Mm -hmm. that's Twitter is maybe the greatest place on Earth because you can find out things faster than anywhere else. I feel like I'm more informed, more connected to people that I would never have been in my entire life. I get to meet and interact with people that I would never, ever get to meet and interact with. That's awesome. But then on the flip side, it does give a platform to people that – Listen, they deserve to have an opinion, Mm -hmm. but their opinion should not be heard by motherfucking other people. (laughs) And those particular people uh, do a lot on Twitter. Twitter, they really thrive on there, Mm -hmm. right? Because their voice, you could potentially get a group think thought and you really get going in there. And I'm happy. I enjoy it. But boy, whenever they ruin things, it is, is, for instance, the Steelers-Titans conversation, they were like, is this a surprise? It's like, no, we all thought this was going to happen. But now that we're living in that actual reality, it's a very different world than the thought of, oh, this is going to happen at some point. This is going to happen at some point. When it happens, that is a little bit of a, okay, well, here we are. We knew it was going to come at some point, but now that we're in it, let's talk about it. How is it going to change things? And everybody now is just like, they got to be in a bubble or cancel the season. There's people calling for the season to be canceled because there's people that got it. It's like, wait a minute, dude. We want six weeks of it being all good let's assume we can get back to that and if we can't then let's talk about the other alternatives but boy once you hit a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, a gravel in the road there you got to see how people can react to it and hopefully the nfl will be able to react in a beautiful fashion but it sure feels like with the tennessee titans continuing to have positives more positives rolling out of new england uh i mean it and now a raider player has it after a couple of his teammates were fined for not wearing a mask at a charity event last week i mean there is a lot of things potentially happening here how do they respond you know life is you know, like 1% what happens to you and 99% how you respond. Yeah, mm-hmm. And now we're getting a chance to see how the NFL is going to respond to that. So I understand the gloom and doom. Of, let's shut it down and let's do a build a bubble and change everything like that. Let's see if they can respond yes. to this. The MLB was able to respond. Mm-hmm. Will the NFL be able to, even though it's a much bigger operation? Let's hope so. I mean, first and foremost, we need football. Yes. We need football. We've said it. We know it. Like, you, you just, we have to have it. And have it to. has worked. What I don't understand is... If it is true that Gilmore was out to eat with Cam, like all we hear about is contact tracing and stuff like that. When he tested positive, wouldn't that have been precaution enough to be like, uh, okay, like he might get a couple negative tests, but you you also have to remember um, that we have a friend uh, that we used to hang out with a lot, uh, known as the twenty dollars chef, and he has an uncle. Who had diabetes, you remember? True. Oh, yeah. And he, uh, he lost his leg. Mm-hmm. He had a prosthetic leg. And he got on house arrest because he got too many DUIs, which you should not be doing anymore, no. by the way. I, read, I got a stat sent to me that mm-hmm. every uh-huh. 50 minutes somebody is dying from an impaired driver or whatever. Like, it's 2020. You have no excuse to drive drunk. Stop Uber. being a fucking idiot. Like, yeah. okay. But he, his uncle, who was a diabetic, who lost uh, the bottom half of his leg, had a prosthetic leg, he got house arrest. He somehow 
trick them into putting the house arrest thing on his prosthetic leg, mm-hmm. and he would take his leg off and then go places. Wow. Yeah. Okay? Uh, so his leg, he would ask, like, uh, I believe Sean was a little bit younger. Whenever Sean would carry the leg around the house so it looked like he was active in the house mm-hmm. while he was out having a good time. Yeah. I would assume with this contact tracing thing, guys are probably taking them off at moments, oh, I would assume. Sure. Is that... I, well, they did put Stefan Gilmore on the second plane with people who were around Cam for long enough to potentially have it. Oh, so they did know that he was potentially having dinner yeah, they, with him on Friday night. They had oh, 20 crap. people on a second plane. So they had a COVID plane? Uh-huh. <laughs> right? I, and then what? Did they have a COVID locker room for him, too? How does uh, that... No. See, that's where things get a little hairy. I'm not well, right. they got locker room shifts now going forward. you got to well, go in there and shift, so it's much different. Hey, the letter that got sent out by the NFL to the general managers and to the NFLPA and everything, I think Ian Rappaport tweeted it yesterday. They are feeling the exact same way that we are, by the way. It's like uh, everybody needs to shut it the fuck down is basically what they said. That's what the end There's like a tiered system, tier one, tier two. This got to go on this. You have lunch at this time. These teams have this time. You go in the locker room this time. I mean, the NFL is putting in protocols right now to make it as stringent as possible. And I think what you have to think about here throughout this entire thing is humans, These are humans doing these things. And even though they are getting paid a king's ransom to play a kid's game, you got to remember humans, whenever you're being told that uh, you have to sit in this exact spot and you have to come in at this exact time, and when you eat food, you have to do it at this particular place, which is by the, all the, these protocols are for when they take a shit, they have mm-hmm. to have the door closed and nobody yep. can be in the stall left or right. I mean, there is like that strength. That isn't an actual protocol, but it is basically <laughs> everything else is like that. When you eat food, you do this. When you, uh, when you come in the locker room, you do this. When you work out, you do this. When you do practice, you do this. So at, inevitably, humans are going to fuck that up right Mm -hmm. just strictly for the reason of you're telling me to do this this and this at some point there's going to be a little bit of a maverick that's like i'm tired of them telling me how to eat i'm tired of telling them how to change my clothes i'm tired of people telling me how to do this Mm -hmm. and it's like the nfl is trying to do this strictly as a we need you to do all these things if we want to continue but if you listen to aaron Rodgers uh yesterday he's like hey adults have to understand that there are circumstances to their actions and if people don't want to behave in a proper fashion then punish them and which is probably happening now but at least give humans an opportunity to uh, adjust to this type of thing basically and if the guys can't handle it get them the fuck out it's a very very easy thing to happen in the nfl if you ever heard a practice uh in an nfl practice stay off the quarterback uh stay off the ground is a big thing don't leave your feet is a big thing don't tackle them is a big thing you have to learn how to practice and there's plenty of great football players that weren't able to learn how to practice and they got cut Right, those guys get sent out of the league. Like, hey, if you're rolling up on our defensive lineman, you're a great football player. Okay, we really like that. But you are a risk to our team being better. You will take somebody out because you don't know how to practice. This is not high school. This is not college. This is a hey, we want to be as efficient as possible. When we hit, we hit. But other than that, you got to be able to learn about how to practice. Or a blitzing linebacker, a young guy who has a lot of promise. He continues to get in the way of the quarterback, and the quarterback somehow ends up hitting him or something. These people have all got cut from the team because they are a risk to the team. These dudes that can't operate and aren't operating, and guys know that they're not, like for this particular year, got to get those guys out of there. Like people have to be able to buy in here or nobody gets... Nobody gets an NFL season, nobody gets uh, anything, and nobody gets paid. And that is the biggest thing that people need to remember in those locker rooms. The NFL is alive and well. 
But it would be a much better league if this man was still playing in it. Ladies and gentlemen, calling us from a farm in Iowa, Super Bowl champ, all pro, former tight end of the Colts, the Ravens, the Chiefs, I believe, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Dallas Clark. Yeah! What's happening? How are you, Dallas? Thank you for coming back on the show, brother man. And I should have known it's Wednesday. There's no sleeves on Wednesday. What am I doing? Gosh. Yeah. I, if you, it seems like you're just getting old and you're a little bit scared to let the pipes flow. You know Yikes. what I mean? Are you scared oh, wow. of what could oh. potentially be on the hey, other side? It's, it's officially, it's officially fall. Cover those up, buddy. No, man. No, no, no. You got to wake them up a little bit every once in a while. You know what I mean? Dallas, I can't thank you enough for joining us again. I want to talk to you about something that's happening in the NFL right now and how you would have reacted. And when I got to the Colts, the team was a very veteran team, right? It was a very veteran team. It was a tight group. It was a tight core of people. Uh, right now, the NFL is being asked basically to tighten up right there's going to be there's going to be different shifts allowed in the locker room at different times there's going to be different buses there's different planes at home you can't do anything you can't talk to anybody how do you think you would have fared in the world that the nfl players are currently being asked to because i don't think i would have been that great to be 100 percent candid in this thing no you you you're a social butterfly i mean telling you to not spread your wings to not to not be a proud peacock like how how do you how do you stop that, Pat? They wouldn't have been able to. They wouldn't have been able to, <laughs> Dallas. But it's a it would it would have been a real conversation though that I think the vets on our team, Vinatieri, you, Joseph, died, a lot of guys that I talked to on regular basis would be like, "Hey, Pat, need you to stay, like need you to stay home." That's what it's going to have to be, by the way. But it's not just players; it's athletic trainers, equipment managers. You have no idea who it's going to be. This is a big ask, I think. It, this is huge, and you know, this is the issue that obviously I think they're probably trying to avoid. You know, just praying that uh, it didn't get to this, but I think inevitably, inevitably is always going to get here. And so now, you know, what do you do? You know, you have the NBA doing their bubble thing, and and it's it's you know has its pros, has its cons. But NFL, that's that's a bigger that's a bigger bus, that's a bigger unit. That's you know, there's a lot more people involved in a basketball team. So so to try to get uh, a new way of trying to prevent, trying to avoid, trying to um to try to be a little ahead of the ahead of schedule with all that i i don't i mean that's that's the headache right that's the that's the 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 crystal ball that if we knew a a a perfect route a perfect scenario we would do it and and so now when you have all these moving parts especially in a football i mean you need to have that contact with a trainer with with your coaches with your players you know to be able to just to just minimize that or try to uh, altercate i mean athletes fear change you know i mean especially football the football world we fear change and so now during the season you're asking i mean at, at 12 47 on a thursday you know exactly what you're doing right pat yep you're sleeping cornhole, exactly. but cornhole or sleeping athlete, yeah like cornhole. myself yeah we would be doing a walkthrough okay. right <laughs> you know it's, i mean yeah. you'd just be getting off the back nine because yep, that's you you, you have the off day because your off day is is Monday through Saturday, and and then your and then your money money on Sunday. Bingo! <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> so the real athletes, I I mean, we are so ingrained. We are oh, so. Geez. I mean, you know, Dwight Freeney, he was eating an unflavored, like just a, a fried piece of steak at breakfast and and rice every morning. Like, and now you're telling guys like, hey come in a little later or come in a little earlier or do this. I mean, it's, it's going to affect the product, you know, but 
these guys are pros. They're going to adapt. They're going to adjust just like we always have, always do, always will. You know, I, I always look at these empty stadiums. And I, I want to, I'd like to try that. I'd like to see how that would feel playing that game in front of no fans. Like that has got to be the weirdest feeling ever. Well, also to kind of get the energy to run your head into somebody. I mean, it's <laughs> like, okay, right? here we go. I am going to, especially on the defensive side of the ball, Aaron Rodgers even talked about how he feels like the lack of fans has affected the defense, not only for the hard count and that type of stuff, but for like the juice of like putting your body through what it's going to go through. It's a very different game. But whenever we think about what happened with the Marlins, right? And it's a very different sport, very different situation. They had 22 people. And I think they only have like 50 people in the entire building that they're moving with. So 22 people got positive. And then they responded, okay? They tightened up on the other side. I think that the NFL is going to be able to do that. I honestly think that the NFL will do that on the other side. They had to get like a wake-up call, like a a slap in the face. But if they don't, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people coming down. We told you it wasn't going to work. Bang. You need a bubble. Bang. Like that is going to – it is going to give people a lot of shit to talk if they want to. Well, and and you know know those people are just waiting – waiting right i mean there, there's a line there's a group of people that that just want that to happen and then there's everyone else that i mean for the for the love of god can we just have a little bit of normalcy now i mean because this football is i mean there's it's just crazy that it does have that effect of of just having a little normalcy i mean watching saturday you know unfortunately i have to watch the cyclones because the hawks aren't playing yet yeah but even watching the cyclones beat oklahoma you know it's like oh this feels normal minus them beating them you know right, right. but but other yeah, than that it felt good you know and then sunday you know so now if, if if you're starting to take away or starting to if we're on the verge of you know postponing games and now we're getting a bottleneck like when do you make these games up and and you know mm. all that stuff i mean it is it it's it's scary it's just it's scary i hope they can take whatever measures they need to do. And, uh, you know, and obviously these guys that are getting it, I mean, just, you know, obviously you're, you, you, you want them to be healthy and, and safe and, you know, but it, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business, right, Pat, it's a business. You got to have your players, your franchise guys out there and, uh, and to be a productive uh, product. And if, if you're starting to take, you know, you know, Cam Newton, obviously, you know, the first big name that got it, you know, it's just like, you know, then you look at the Patriots and it's like, that's scary. That's reality. Like Patrick Mahomes, like what if he gets it or what, you know, what if these other big franchise quarterbacks, what happens to the product of the NFL? And that's the scary reality that, uh, you know, the Browns might end up making the playoffs because, or the Jets might make the playoffs because everyone might get sick. You just never know. The Jets <laughs> won't. The Jets won't. The, the Browns a much different team this year, Dallas. Yeah, people in Cleveland are going to hate you for what you just said right there. Because <laughs> this is the first time where Cleveland thinks that they can actually make it legitimately. But it's real. Who knows how this game or this season is going to have as an outcome. I mean, there's crazy things happening. Stephon Gilmore just got it this morning. Those are the Pats' two best players. I mean, the, Cam Newton and Stephon Gilmore, the two best players for the Patriots. Who knows what other fallout is going to happen with this. There's another thing happening in our world as if 2020 doesn't have enough hurricane delta is now moving into the gulf coast and lsu's game which was supposed to host at lsu against missouri is now moving to missouri and allegedly the charger saints game are potentially going to be playing monday night in indianapolis as a man who played in the nfl for a long time that's a weird that in of itself that is a very interesting thing would that affect anything if you were a player or would it just be like yeah this is 2020 there's some more weird things happening 
You know, I, I think once they've adjusted to playing with no fans, I think they could play in a backyard. They could be, you know, your backyard's big enough. I mean, you're big time. You have a huge backyard. True. You could host the game. You know, <laughs> I, I think these guys. Keep the I think <laughs> they're probably, you know what? I don't care. Like, let's just, let's play whatever, you know, because it's not like, man, are fans going to be there? You know, they don't have to worry about that. It's like, hey, no fans allowed. Perfect. Or 10,000 fans of, you know, maybe there might be uh, a few stragglers in uh, Indy that might check out that game. But but really, you know, I think this year, I think this whole year's mindset has just like, you know what, whatever. What You just tell us what to, where to show up, what, what jersey to wear, and, and we'll play, you know. And, and those are the adjustments unfortunately that are going to have to uh have to be made and it's good that people can get creative um it's great that guys can adjust and adapt and and i don't think you'll see the 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 fall of the the game the the product itself but uh i tell you what it's tiresome i i I can't imagine being these guys uh these college kids that are going to play in different places these these professional athletes playing a different city a neutral site I mean, when, when's the last time a neutral site? Obviously, the Super Bowl, um, but uh, but that's you know that's unbelievable, you know. So, but this is uh, this this is where we're at, and it's just unfortunate. But uh, but there's always if there's a way, uh, the NFL will figure it out. There's there's a lot of money and a lot of a lot of things at stake for sure. Bingo, Diggs, what do you got? Dallas Monday night, Big Bob Tunyon scores three touchdowns. Let's go, Bob! Indiana State Sycamore. <laughs> Woo! Before that game on Monday, Pat talked about how the starting. Uh, safeties were out for the Falcons and that the tight ends should be something to be looked for. When you, like during the week going into a game, was there ever a time where Peyton's like, hey, you're going to be the guy this week, their safeties are weak. Did you know that going into a game potentially that you were going to have a big one? You know, I, I, we didn't. I mean, we we obviously talked about, you know, things that we wanted to exploit and things like that, but really we we focused on just doing our job and you know and i think all that stuff you know i think peyton and coach caldwell whoever the you know, quarterback coach was at the time you know you know I, I think those conversations happened a lot within you know i don't think uh you know it was up to reggie or marv or myself or stokely you know i you know we could see that stuff and you know obviously um things that we we'd want to take advantage but here's the thing like it it always seemed like for us and and maybe we're i'm a little biased but it it always seemed like we always would have like the indie package you know where you know we rarely ever saw something you know the good you know the better teams always kind of had a wrinkle and so you could prepare for one thing and see it all week and then prepare for it all week and i mean we had teams that literally brought out whole new packages that we've never seen before and in and, and different situations that they'd always be, you know, go against their tendencies. And so, so, you know, at the end of the day, you're just like, you don't even like just say, Hey, this is my, you know, this is my day. This is my game. Cause you've seen enough where, heck, you know, all of a sudden I'm getting double teamed and, and Mar, you know, it's, it's Marv's day or it's Reg's day, you know? So really you can't just get so, mindset uh adapted or just so focused and and because then that can affect you like man i was supposed to have a good day you know now you're, you're pissing and moaning and <laughs> you know on the sideline and, you know so you just gotta you just gotta prepare get ready see the film and then just adapt just like we we talked about uh, adapting during the season that's that's what happens between the the 60 minutes i mean it's it's a constant ad- adaptation of what the what the defenses are doing to you it's whoever can do that the best the quickest the most the most efficient you know you have a better chance to win at the end peyton manning would have eaten teams alive huh with this no crowd noise away like you guys i think yeah (laughs) i I mean really i i really think it is i mean i think it's just i mean it literally 
it'd be it's not nine on, or it's not seven on seven, but I I feel like you could just go out there and just just play and and kind of going against the defense and and I don't know if I, I still think I don't know I go back and forth on whether that's an advantage or disadvantage. Who has the you know, like you're saying before, I mean that 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 in across the middle and having, you know, you know Rodney Harrison or you know Troy Palomalu wanting to take your head off, you might second guess. Like you know, there's there's you know, what's my incentive? Like there's no no one Juice. here, you know, that's just got the yard marker guy watching me right now. Like is he my <laughs> biggest fan? Like do I need to impress him? You know, maybe I'll maybe I'll you know alligator arm it. You know, <laughs> so so it just you know you you do probably feel a little less invincible without uh, those crazy fans uh, just kind of making you think that you're bigger uh, bigger than life. Can I can I ask you a question because I got to watch you guys work, but I didn't fully understand what was going on. I mean, I sat in on some of the signals meetings, and I feel like a couple of my signals did make it onto the field, which made me feel like I was a like a songwriter for somebody. It felt pretty good for me there on a sideline. But do you guys in that offense? you all had to see the same picture right that was like paramount everybody has to be reading the exact same thing so like football iq in that particular offense was a massive skill set to have if you get in there everybody has to see the same exact picture is that why it always felt like you guys succeeded because everybody was on the same page and he was able to adjust to whatever whenever however he had to do it Absolutely, and 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 bottom line is, if you couldn't do that, you're gone. Like you, you, you were not in there. Like they would not trust you. And and you know, we had there's some unfortunate, you know, some pretty good players that that you know made that mistake. And God, thank the Lord, I did make enough, you know. But I, I stuck around. But man, I saw some bad situations where, like, if you made that bad decision or and made that bad read or whatever. Um, you know, I saw guys like not get signed back, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's just an ugly thing, but yes, absolutely. I mean, it is a, and there's no excuse, right? Whether it's a hundred thousand, like we should be able to do what we need to do, whether we can't hear a thing, you know, as long as Peyton has his two, um, you know, two crazy arms just going crazy and, and all his just stupid, stupid hand gestures. Ridiculous, ridiculous signals ridiculous right and then then and some with the double meaning you know it's just like come on guys you know that's, but you know they're, they're, you know those are all fun things and uh you know but yeah it was it was paramount I mean, we always had to be on the same page and, and especially you know because it when does it happen it's always third down when's third down always the loudest what's the most important down get that first down third you know so it's just you know, it just feeds into it's even more important because it's just that critical time in the game where it could make or break you. And and so when you have to be your sharpest is usually when it's the most intense. And, and that's what makes it awesome. You know, that's, you know, I said before on the show, like third down, like I love touchdowns, but, you know, catching that, you know, third down catch on the road and just hearing that roar just oh. come to a complete stop. There's nothing better. Nothing better. I mean, just get out. Can I have it every morning, please? <laughs> <laughs> just draining the soul of a fan base. Just give that to me. What do you got, Ty? Dallas, you alluded to it earlier. Uh, what's the morale like in Iowa without the Hawks playing? Because, I mean, we know that next to no one gives a shit about Iowa State football. <laughs> <laughs> He's, by the way, Hawkeye, that guy. Go Hawks. I, you know, I tell you what, it is. It's awful. It is just really, uh, you know, but, but thankfully, I mean, God. the fact that they overturned their decision i mean usually people in that in that uh position level, you know, yeah usually they don't say yeah maybe we were wrong you know usually they'll they'll write out their bad decisions until you know until the end just to, to not admit they're wrong and so 
it's really cool that they came together and said, hey, you know what? Let's try it. And, and, and so thank the Lord that we are going to get a Big Ten season. And, and now we just hope that, you know, as the season goes on, that, you know, these these issues don't come up and, te- you know, kids getting tested, you know, all that stuff. Just, you know, just got to pray for it's a, a smooth transition and just a smooth rest of the season. But, yeah, I tell you what, there's no football. I mean, uh, it, that's that's our that's our life support. I mean, that mm-hmm. is what we you know that's what we need, and and to, so to just have some sense of normalcy, you know, that's going to be huge. That, that'll be a, a a big uplift uh, in morale around here. And I mean, besides the farmers are all happy. I mean, we we're, we're having a fall that like no none other. Good that's harvest. Yeah. Hey, yeah. we're having a good harvest. We're having a good harvest, a, dude. Hey. Hey, next time you go to you know Whole Foods and you get that steak, and you just know that you know that that beef was raised on some good Iowa corn. Yeah! yeah! Shout out to Iowa corn out Go, go Hawks! Go Hawks! Go Hawks! Um, so what hey, we, hey yeah. really, really quick though, have you talked about your being officially a backup quarterback for the Colts? Has that, that that's been addressed? Right? Couple times, dude. Couple <laughs> times. Where's yeah. the ball? Golden ball. Couple times this week, right? Yeah. Come on. Come on. So, so can I can I tell my my perception of it? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. So, uh, thir- uh, <laughs> Friday was it Friday or Thursday, Pat? Friday. You would take Friday, right? Yeah. So Friday in the NFL is like the work's done. Like it's it is like Wednesday, Thursday are our work days we call them, and then Friday is just kind of clean it up. Fast Friday. Fast Friday. Pray that's a good one because if it's not, then everyone's on edge. There is until game day. It's just yep. miserable. So you just gotta have a fast quick sharp be good but what's it's crazy you know you go off the field usually we have a little crossbar challenge with uh with the guys uh per diem um and then and then we come off and then all of a sudden in the corner you know there's you know a, a, a practice squad center and then there's pat and you know pat may or may not have packer marlboros wrapped up in his sleeve. <laughs> um, bloodshot eyes you know just really like does not look like he's really into whatever's going on over there i walk over there like what's going on? He's like, well, we we do this every week. I'm like, do what? He's like, oh, I just work on hand signals, work on some snaps, uh, in case Peyton goes down. And and I'm and and, and come again. Speaking to my good ear, like, like Peyton goes down, like this. You know, it's kind of like Armageddon. You know, like like you're NASA for crying out loud. Like you guys have people backing up people. Yeah. Like this is our this is our plan. Yeah. This, you yeah. you're gonna save our season, Pat. This guy. Yeah. Like, it is, and looking around, like, is anyone else concerned about what? I mean, like, <laughs> we could have a drawing at Kroger and get a kid come down, a hundredth drawing, you know, a hundredth customer through the door. Hey, you're our backup. Oh! Dallas, there were zero balls going to the tight end when I got in. I want to let you know that. Exactly. Exactly. That's why why I think the Kroger kid, I think he's a fan of mine. I think he's the ball. And so – so yeah, so that was that was really concerning. Of, 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 and that that is what we that's what we were coming up with. I'm like I'm like, hey, I have I have some good high school. T- I played quarterback in high school. Pat went to West Virginia Community College. Like that's a junior college. Like like, come on, like, do we even have any film? They didn't even have a film. No, but uh, you have to remember, Dallas. You have to remember. I used to throw on the defensive side of the practice field down there, and I used oh, to light up Lord, our defense. You learned how to throw interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. No, no, no. I would light up our defense. We played the Saints one time. We played the Saints down in New Orleans, and uh, Curtis Painter was playing quarterback at that point. So that was the year. Uh, 
the two and 14 year or whatever. That was, that was doomsday. Hey, by the way, we lost like 50 something to six. I will <laughs> let you know that through that week, I threw for like 3000 yards that week in practice. <laughs> it was the same exact thing. Cause they hold up the card, you know, they hold up the card and they're like, uh, here's where you look. Here's one. Okay. Here's two. And then here's three. And we're running that Tampa two defense. And I guess the seams were really a problem in that particular defense. <laughs> so I would take the snap, right. And it was seven on seven. So there's no offensive line or anything. I would take like a little shot shotgun snap or whatever and i would look at the one which is the tight end over here and then i would just turn right to tight end two and i would just run. and it was just i think i threw for 10 touchdowns that week. Just like <laughs> boom 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 so we get on the plane to go to down to new orleans and i'm talking to vinatieri i'm like we are gonna get boat race and he's like <laughs> he's like what do you say now i'm like dude i threw for five thousand yards let's assume that drew Brees is gonna have a pretty good we had a fumble on the first play we had a fumble on the first play yeah. they scored a touchdown yeah. on the second play and then it yeah. was just boom 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 and that place did not empty out once the entire night no. it was so loud so yeah. loud yeah it was so awesome. loud and that, that is a place where i mean a lot of a lot of, a lot of stadiums can smell blood oh, yeah. but they don't feast off it like like, uh, <laughs> like new orleans i mean it was just a blood bath and they were just their backs stroking in it i mean like you know oh. i mean it, it was just whatever you want like hey you know i mean i think drew one time did this and i mean it scored a touchdown yeah, i mean that, it was i, didn't, just, I think i did too why, why do we bring up – like, we had a lot of good games, Pat. Why did you bring up that one? Because you were mocking my ability to throw balls, but me and Drew Brees accounted for 97 points against that Colts defense <laughs> in one week, okay? So that is why we talked about but, it. But, point yeah. taken. Well, 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 well yeah, good, good point. Good point, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I didn't even think, though, about you guys who, you know, winning this decade in NFL history, you guys are kind of going off or whatever, and I'm over there in the corner going, Sicko! all right here we go the whole thing and by the way some of those centers were getting yelled at okay some of those centers would get yelled at because they're practice squad guys and we'd be going on like one okay we have to adjust the cadence or if this one's on two and they'd snap it wrong and then i'm immediately like oh i think i was wrong there and clyde would be like and frank reich would be like hey listen right like hey we need you to get it right here so we only have to do like right right like four reps here let's get this as quick as possible i had like 12 plays i had six plays right that i could have flipped to the left so i had like 12 plays if i get in there dallas i'm gonna let you know you wouldn't have seen a ball but reggie would have been all (laughs) over sports center i am play action i'm going along with that thing uh can i talk about you after that year did we cut you or did your contract come up um i got fired Okay, so this is a big deal. I talked about this. When a new GM shows up or a new regime shows up, they have the team built in their head, like their dream team that they would always want to put together. And it does not matter how good of a player. I saw you get cut. I saw a die get cut. I saw Peyton get cut. I saw. I was getting text messages from people like, don't answer your phone. They're cutting everybody right now. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, Dwayne Haskins, okay, in his second year here. He was a first-round pick last year. Their team, they've had three head coaches since he's come into the league here in like 13 games or whatever. They have a no-name team. They have like a bottom five offensive line, but they have a new coach and a new GM who probably have a mindset of what they want. And if Dwayne Haskins doesn't fit it, they do not care at all. They will just put him down, which is what they did. They benched him. And I don't think it's warranted, but if you think about what the NFL is, which is a business, new head coach, new GM, they see the team in a different way than the last team does. And Dwayne Haskins is just like kind of a victim of circumstance here. And you can speak to that because you're playing great football. See you later. Don't want you in the building deuces yeah. don't, you know thanks thanks you know pat on the back and and and, and it, that is that is the reality of the league and and it's you know it's unfortunate and 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 that you know you or i or you know i 
and and Peyton, you know, all those guys, Jeff, uh, Saturday, you know, we weren't in their dreams. You know, we, you know, they 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 had a different vision, and and you know, hey, good luck, you know, go get them, and uh, and and you, you know, you just got to worry about the next uh, next opportunity, and and that's just the the business, and so. When you have a guy like uh, the prolific player like Haskin and 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 just his situation with with Washington, I mean that's that is so hard, you know, because now you're learning their system, you know, so it's it's a whole new system that you know may or may not be built for you, and uh, and, and and but they have that ultimate like, you know, that trump card of like, hey, you know what, you don't really fit our, you know, so now like if if he doesn't perform. Now what, you know, it's kind of past the buck. Like, okay, bench him. You know, now we can get our guy and now, you know, buy us some more time so we can find a guy. And, you know, instead of working with him and trying to get him and and, and commit to him and, you know, but, you know, that takes some, you know, a, 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 a coaching staff with uh, some integrity. You know, not, not integrity. Whoa! Whoa! Not integrity, but just I like, I, I mean, at, at what point do you throw in the towel, you know? And, and I don't know the situation at Washington, so and I don't watch them close enough to know that, oh, yeah, he's bad, and I don't know what the backup situation is. But, you know, when you are, usually when you get drafted pretty high, that does give you room to grow. That, you know, they will give you every opportunity just because it's an investment, right? You know, and so for a guy like him, um, to get benched so early, and maybe it's just a maybe it's a wake up call. You know who knows? You know, and 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 I take back the integrity call. Yeah, yeah, you, know, you didn't mean that. that you yeah. know, it, it's it's business. It's not. It's just they got to make their decisions, and it is probably not going to be popular with a lot of people. Or you know, but if they they got they got put in that position to make the hard decisions, and that's what they have to do. And so they will get fired, or you know, or re upped just like the players uh if it works or doesn't work you know so it's just it's it's whatever people you know it's whatever that vision is and you hope that that vision is when they come in their their you know interview and that it matches the owners and 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 the team philosophy and all that and so but you are you know who's the last on that on that on that list it's the players and so now you got that new gm new coaching staff you know might have a whole different offensive philosophy so now you're you know if if you're a run blocking tight end and like, oh wow, they they run and gun and 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 like, see ya, or I'm a fullback, and you know now we use our tight ends as fullback, you know whatever. Like you're just you're just a victim of of circumstance, and that's you know it's nothing personal, but you got 31 other teams that you got to try to get a job at, and so that's the that's the that's the mindset you have to have is like, all right, where's my next place to go? And and you know what, with Haskins, I mean Washington might not be his place. Like that's there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's another team that might suit him perfectly fine and there's a long list of of examples for guys like that that just shine in another uh in another uniform and so it, it's there's there's nothing wrong with that it's very interesting though that right now everybody's up in arms Dwayne Haskins is trending but in a year from now if it works out nobody will even remember this move mm-hmm. in a negative light but if it doesn't work everybody will be like remember when remember when remember when yep. ladies and yeah, gentlemen absolutely. I remember when I was teammates with this guy living legend from Iowa ladies and gentlemen Dallas Clark thank yeah, you very much yeah. Thank you, Dallas. We appreciate you, bro. Thank you, guys. Have a great one. Yeah, you too, man. So sorry to interrupt. I want to let you know that FanDuel Sportsbook, FanDuel Fantasy Football, and FanDuel Everything is the greatest in all of the genres I just mentioned. Hands down. The FanDuel Sportsbook, although we're only in a handful of states currently, 
It is the greatest mobile sports book going. The tech is so easy to use. The customer service is second to none. We actually refunded bets today yet again that they thought weren't fair, which they weren't. And FanDuel said, hey, we want to be known as the friendly sports book. We want to be known as the sports book that takes care of our gamblers. We want to be known as the sports book that can give the image of sports gambling for what it is, which is a good, fair time. Nobody else is doing that. Nobody else is doing that. Mm-mm. These big, greedy, corporate fat cats, as soon as they get a dollar, they're holding on for that thing for dear life. Not FanDuel, though. They're sending it back if they think somebody got screwed or fucked. That's why FanDuel is the greatest. That's why we're thankful for FanDuel being our partner. Their daily fantasy, awesome. Their fantasy football, awesome. Their free-to-play games, awesome. Everything about FanDuel is awesome. And that's why if you get a chance to play fantasy, you do it with FanDuel. If you want to do a little free-to-play, you do with FanDuel. And when we get to your state, you download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, and you have the time of your life. It doesn't matter if you're a newbie. It doesn't matter if you're a professional. FanDuel is so easy to do, so easy to win, and so much fun. We can't thank them enough. Now, this is a FanDuel Sportsbook show. This Mm -hmm. is a FanDuel show. And I think if you appreciate what we got going on, you should appreciate what they got going on because they are our biggest partner by Big shout out to Fandle. Big shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. Joining us now is one of my favorite new humans, to be honest with you, after he joined our show last week. Uh, he's him and his dog, uh, or his daughter's dog, Marty, I believe, stole the show. Can't wait to chat with him about everything happening in the NFL right now. A man who called the Chargers Buccaneers game this past weekend and also is the voice, or one of the voices, of the Madden franchise, ladies and gentlemen, Charles Davis. Yeah, Charles! Oh, <laughs> How's it going, boss? Good to see you guys, man. Thanks hey. for having me back and, uh, Martin has left the building. No! <laughs> Marty yeah, Martin, Martin made his return home. And one thing I didn't realize, my daughter told me later, she was so excited that Martin got featured, you know, a feature spot. But where he positioned himself on the couch, she swears he's never done that before. She swears he is a show dog. Oh. The maximum yeah. Smart. spot. Yeah. So... And, and even and before we begin, very quickly, Aaron Rodgers yesterday, yesterday, legendary. I mean, I want someone to feel about me something I say, the way you guys reacted <laughs> about my career, because it was such a great line. If that wasn't a mic drop line, I don't know what is. Yeah, you know that was it's phenomenal. And he was so chill. He looked like he had just come back. From pounding the beef on a run with Rocky, <laughs> chilling. Did he have a martini next to him? Uh, like, you know, maybe a little bourbon. It was a he, It was phenomenal. There's, I can't watch that enough. Yeah, see, I feel the exact same way, Charles. And I think that is the thing about players, right? In our mindset of players, him saying that, and obviously, I'm, I'm assuming, and I haven't talked to him about it since it happened. I, I just sent him a text afterwards that just said, legendary. That's all I said legendary. afterwards. Legend, that's all that is. That is a statement, by the way, that will live on forever. And we're very thankful he t- said it to us or whatever. But as soon as he said it, obviously, I was like, what a flex <laughs> that is. I had to lose my mind. But then whenever you started seeing the response on the Internet, it was like fan were like we love this guy like i the fans were like oh i love this guy i hated him a little bit ago then you saw some media members be like did you ever hear barry sanders talk like 
this or anything like that. It's like, no, no, no. But I'll tell you what Barry Sanders potentially thought at a lot of times if he was ever getting disrespected. He was like, they better put some respect on my name. That's what players think like. So Aaron Rodgers finally saying that. I think you saw a lot of players just be like, I think a lot of people actually said, talk that shit, Aaron. That's exactly because he's right. He's 100 percent right whenever he says it, too. How, how can how can you fault what he just said? Yeah. Look, guy threw 26 touchdown passes, four interceptions last year. Team went 13 and three, working with a brand new coach, a new offense, you name it. And everyone's acting like, oh, well, you know, I still know about Aaron. And, He's washed what? up. He's washed up, people said. What? Yeah. What are you talking about? And now it's just ridiculous what he's doing. And I do think, I mean, I didn't catch everything yesterday, and I'm sure Jordan Love's name didn't come up. But from the moment they drafted Jordan Love last spring, this past spring, I think Aaron's like, that's it. I'm just going to go be me. I'll be a great teammate, but I'm not enough, all right? You guys draft another guy, do what you want to do, all that. Don't forget, I'm still me. Yeah, and by and the you way. Ought be, you ought to be happy you've got me. By the way, he is still Aaron Rodgers, and I think we'll look back on his career whenever he's done with a lot more gratitude than people have while he's in it because of all of the, you know, kind of nonsense stories that get started about him. But let's talk about some real stories, shall we? Or shall yeah. we? I loved you on the show last week because you're a guy who's been there, done that, you know things, and the way you talk is just captivating. So I appreciate you coming back. Thanks for having me. No problem. We'll talk about the Bucks chargers game here in a little bit because it's kind of taking second row to what's going on right now with the COVID outbreak that has happened now with Stephon Gilmore. Two more Titans players have come out, so now the Bills-Titans game is in question because they haven't been allowed back in the building, I guess. A Raiders player has got it, and now everybody's panicking, right? All the people that didn't want the NFL to even have a season to begin with now are rubbing almost, I don't want to say having a victory lap, but they are like, this is what we said was going to happen, and everybody expected this to happen. The NFL is putting in a much more stringent rules now around every single facility. How do you see this playing out? Should we not just wait and see how the players and coaches respond to this as opposed to just hopefully bubbling them and canceling the season and moving everything first. I think what you just said, Pat, is 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 prudent that we have to see how things go a little bit longer. And they'll continue to put more um, restrictions is the wrong word, but more protocols yeah, around yeah. all of it. Because any of us who think that every day when we wake up that there might not be another curveball coming at us, then we're fooling ourselves. And going into it, we knew that there was potential for different things happening. Thus, the increased rosters, the relaxed rules on, on, on bringing guys up from the practice squad and allowing them to go back. We knew going in that, this, that these things were possibilities and the league had to start preparing for them. My dad always said, you got to prepare for every eventuality. Well, we don't know every eventuality with this. We're working on it. The league's working on it. The teams are working on it. But we don't know everything. And I do think that football is positioned in a way that that so-called next man up mentality that prevails throughout the league actually serves it well here because no one wants to hear any excuses. If somehow Tennessee plays this week, no one's going to say anything about them being out of the facility last week. What's the scoreboard tell you? And everyone understands that. And that's what they're going to have to do. I'm not saying we're out there reckless. I'm not saying that we're ignoring anything. We're all getting it. But we are a little concerned because Stephon Gilmore tests positive. Who did they just play against? The guy. 
the guy. Yeah, <laughs> the guy. And there's a photo the of them. Da- guy. They have a photo of them dapping up afterwards too. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, guys are gonna dap it up, and that's what you know. That's the respect. And any of us who thought that after colliding with each other for sixty minutes, that after a game we just waved each other and see you down the road, <laughs> we knew better, right? And now that photo. Oh no! Oh no! 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 Well, we do have good hope because remember Tennessee played Minnesota. Minnesota came out of it unscathed. So it doesn't necessarily mean that because they did that, that all of a sudden Kansas City is going to be an outbreak. We just have to wait and see how it all plays out and hope that everyone can stay safe and we can get this whole thing figured out. But all the people who are in operations in the NFL, they will not sleep. Until the Super Bowl is concluded. <laughs> yeah, I would, no ass- I would assume that the operations department is, you know, had their hands full <laughs> here for the last few months trying to figure things out with the draft and everything. I mean, just go on through everything. And they've, they had to go into a lot of old homes and set up an entire tech facility. And I mean, operations departments are not in a good spot. But I think to your point about how they respond to this, this happened to the Marlins, right? When the MLB chose not to do the bubble in Arizona or Florida. Yep. They wanted and did it locally because the local media provides so much cash flow for them, so they had to do that. When the Marlins had that massive outbreak, everybody was like, well, here we go. We're however long into this, and it's dead. And they tightened up. The MLB tightened yep. up. Will the NFL be able to do the same because there's so many more people involved? There's interns in the equipment room. There's yep. interns in the training room. There's the 65th guy that's on the practice squad that needs to act the same exact way as the starting quarterback acts on the roster. There's PAs and GAs and coaches that are, you know what I mean? There's so many people involved. Will everybody be able to buy in? That's TBD, I guess, at this point. It, it is TBD, and then you have to go back to human nature. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but well. the 65th guy <laughs> versus the first guy, you said it last week when we were on. You really think that guy is going to be quite the same? You hope. I mean, think about your playing career. Guys who were hurt or guys who weren't going to play, teams had different philosophies on traveling guys, didn't they? It was a red shirt year for some guys. They were having the right. times of their and life. Some, and, and some teams would say, we're not taking those guys because you know they're not going to be focused in on the game. And they'll be like Paul Horning and Max McGee before Super Bowl one and be out all night. <laughs> and then they bring that back. So we know that this is, this is very unlikely that if you're not going to bubble everyone, that everything's going to stay smooth, but you hope. You hope guys will have the professionalism. You hope they'll do things. I think Aaron said it yesterday. At some point, adults have to be adults, and then there are consequences. The problem with this thing is if I break curfew and you bench me, that's one thing. But if I have COVID, that's a whole other ballgame because I've been in that locker room with everyone. That's not just me going out and it's a one-person thing. This could potentially be an entire organization thing depending on where you went. So, no. <laughs> it's interesting. That, that's, where, that's where things get really difficult for people. and we're, just all, we're all just trying to figure it out. It's very interesting because there's alleged stories coming out of Boston about what happened with Cam and how Cam got it. And it's when you hear the story that is alleged, I won't say it until somebody else will break it and then we'll react to it. Right. It's like, well, that's just – I mean, that's going to be tough to just rule that out for six months for a lot of humans if no interaction with people is even like. So it's it's very, very interesting how this whole thing is going to happen. But I feel like there were six weeks there where the NFL had a good run, where everybody was in control. Let's hope we can get back to that. Could be going to be difficult. Let's talk about that Chargers-Buccaneers game you called. 
Hey, the Chargers got something in Air Bear. That guy didn't flinch. He did not flinch against whenever the GOAT went up uh, on top. He came back. He answered. There was moments in the fourth quarter where he was putting balls where only Keenan – that ball on the sideline where he threw to a oh. spot, you circled it, you broke it down in beautiful fashion. They got a guy in Air Bear, huh? What was your big takeaway from that game? Well, number one, that, because the last touchdown pass he threw – remember when Tom really heated up in the second half? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just boom, 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 and we're like, oh, that's that guy again, right? <laughs> yeah. When he came back and threw the touchdown pass to Guyton down the middle of the field, Buccaneers rushed, rushed seven at him on that play. They brought seven. And he took the he took the, the, the shot and the chops and put it right on the 1-5, and the kid goes down the middle and scores. And I remember at one point saying to our crew on a break, we had a shot of him on the sideline. I said, get a shot of, of, of him on the sideline. He saw the kid sitting there. I said, okay, now tell me the score based on his face. And you can't. And how often do you get that out of a youngster, especially going head-to-head with Tom Brady? It wouldn't have surprised me if he was on the bench giggling with the other guys going, <laughs> can you believe I'm playing against Tom Brady? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it felt And, and he, he was not like that at all. They've got something there. I just hate the fact that this Chargers team is so beat up because that's a good football team who's down now at least 11 guys who were expected to start this year. Well, and then let's talk about one of those guys who was expected to start who got uh, a golf tee shoved into his lung before a game two weeks ago. <laughs> right? I mean, that is, it's not, it, ho- hope it wasn't one of the long ones. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think it was, by the way. That's probably the problem. They should have had one of those low ones for uh, a three-wood or something like that. But Tyrod Taylor, the most unfortunate quarterback I think the NFL has ever seen. The situations he's been in, and he's a great player. But now, Anthony Lynn is after the game, uh, after the game Air Bear played. He said, uh, Tyrod's still our starter. If he's back, he's a starter. And that's because Anthony Lynn knew that the doctors were the reason why he didn't start moments for the game, even though Justin Herbert just had an incredible game. Then now here we are against the Buccaneers. Air Bear answers against Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, and the team is doing well. It's like, do we start building the future right now? And Tyrod Taylor, no offense to Tyrod, he's not the He's not the future. That's why they drafted Air Bear. It's like one of these situations where if you're Anthony Lynn, this is a terrible position to be in because any answer or any decision you make is the wrong one by some people's standards. What do you Some people's standards. Yeah. What do you get the feeling from him on, on what he's going to do and what the team's going to do in the future? Well, if Tyrod had not had the type of injury he had, there's no decision to be made. Justin Herbert's your starter going forward. Yeah. I mean, it's done. It's finished. This is, I mean, our line of demarcation in the league about starting quarterbacks losing their job because of injury. Remember the old days, you could be out forever. And when you came back, you got your job back if you got hurt. Unwritten rule. That was an unwritten rule. That was the unwritten rule. Yeah. Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady essentially finished that off. Right? Yeah. When, when Bill Belichick, when Drew came back and was ready to go, and Bill Belichick said, I'm staying with the kid, that kind of opened the door for everyone to go, okay, I don't have to do that anymore because how did it culminate? He won a Super Bowl. Yeah. So that finished. And people have almost forgotten that in the AFC Championship game, Tom Brady got hurt. Drew Bledsoe played really well. And that led to a small speculation that Drew might start the Super Bowl. And Bill Belichick shut the door on that. But the, in the type of injury Tyrod had, because of what happened with the doctor, I think the Chargers are going to have a big discussion with Tyrod Taylor, I think, involved. How do we handle this? What's the right way? What's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with that? 
if they keep losing games, it probably makes it easier for Anthony Lynn to say, I'm going to go back to Tyrod and try and steady the ship with a veteran. Uh-huh. But I think if it hadn't gone that way, we wouldn't even have this discussion, Pat. You've got to go with this kid from here on out. He's showing something each and every week with growth, maturity, poise. And, oh, by the way, you know who he gets next? Drew Brees. <laughs> uh, good for him getting a chance to take on the old Saints down Let's there. take them all on. But, Line them up. This is not Joe Lewis in the bum of the month club, okay? No, this no. is me saying, <laughs> I want the number one contender uh-huh. every week. Yeah, this is the end of the Mike Tyson punch-out game. This ain't those scrubs <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah, I understand. This, this, you're saying this is not bald bull? No. <laughs> no, no I, this is not. That's not what Air Bear has had at all. He got dropped right into the end of that game where you got to face the guy that swings refrigerators. But the... The question about another young quarterback has now been popped up on the table this morning. Number one trend in the United States this morning, Dwayne Haskins. In his second year, he has been benched in lieu of Kyle Allen. And last week, Ron Rivera, who is hopefully kicking cancer's ass while yeah. doing this, while rebuilding. Quite hard, man. Yeah. Rivera Strong, we're all with you there, bud. No uh, doubt. Um, he came out and said that there is a time limit on Dwayne Haskins if he's not getting better or team's not winning or whatever. And it was very interesting because we all assume that this year, Ron Rivera and the Washington football team were viewing it as a building team, right? We have, we're a team with no name. Okay, we have a team yeah. with no name. We have a new GM. We have a new head coach. We have a new entire building operation thing after a couple of exposés have come out. The entire thing's on fire. We have our young quarterback that we want in the future. We drafted in the first round. He looks pretty good at football there last year in a building that was on fire. Now, and I talked to Dan Orlovsky this morning about this because he tweeted about this is insane that Dwayne Haskins is getting benched because he said they have a bottom five offensive line they have a bottom five uh, skill unit they have a new offensive coordinator who's calling plays they have a new team name they have a new head coach who's currently battling against cancer what was the expectation for Dwayne Haskins to come out and just win every game all by himself how do you do this and do you go back to Dwayne Haskins at any point and start him or is this Dwayne Haskins uh, uh, Washington football team thing coming to an end here with Kyle Allen and whoever they end up inevitably drafting again next year because we all know in the NFL if the GM doesn't bring you in he has no loyalty to you no matter who you are and I thought Dwayne has played great football this is a very intriguing situation it really is and, and what you just posted up there I think Kimberly Martin put that out there about all the different changes for Dwayne Haskins there was a quarterback that played in Washington late 80s early 90s Jason Campbell. You remember him? Yeah. He, in college at Auburn, I believe, went through four years and four different offensive coordinators. I think in his NFL career, let's say in the first nine years, if I'm not spot on, I think I'm pretty close. Eight different between head coaches, coordinators, the whole deal. So he was a number one pick and never got to blossom because there was no stability. Dwayne Haskins is on that track early here. Now, the question that we would be able to ask or we would want to ask, and I will guarantee we wouldn't get a, a, a an explanation that we would be able to run with because you don't say things outside the locker room. Are there other reasons that Ron Rivera is making this move? You remember last year there was talk about his work ethic. Was he, was he doing all the right things? Was he in the classroom like he was supposed to be? Was his weight right? Well, he came back this year. His weight was down. He was a dedicated kid. He did all the right things. I'm struggling, like Dan Orlovsky said, why would you take a kid that you're hoping is your future and not play it out with him this year and find out? Get a real view. The Kyle Allen thing, I know that, that, that there's a trust factor for Ron Rivera and Scott Turner because they had him in Carolina, 
and maybe this is their way of signaling to their, their the rest of the roster, we're trying to win games. Remember Brian Flores last year with Fitzpatrick? Yeah. You know, and Josh Rosen. Guys, we're still trying to win games. Rosen didn't hit real well. They put him on the bench. They went with Fitzpatrick. So maybe it's a little bit of that. But I'd, I would want to know everything I need to find out about Dwayne Haskins, every situation possible, since I invested a number one pick in him, because I may have to go that route again next year if I don't like what I see. But I think this is really soon, minus something we don't know about in the locker room. Well, and if you think about commitment, he hasn't tested positive for COVID, so it seems like no. pretty committed. That's, that's yeah. a good start in today's, today's world. Forget the NFL. Just any of us, because COVID has taught me this one lesson. We can do everything the right way and still end up with COVID. Yeah, true. 100% true. You're right. Because there was a time there where COVID was spreading on any hard surface that it potentially came a part of for, I don't know what. We're still learning everything about it. (laughs) We know nothing. We know nothing about it, Stuart. Right? It's it's almost like, you know, I live in Florida. So when the beaches opened really early (laughs) in my state, somebody had one of those cartoons where people were going to the beaches and, and had COVID sitting there just shaking its head like, Surely it can't be this easy. <laughs> like, really? You know? It's kinda of, it's kinda of like that commercial with the kids who are, you know, with the guy with the, the hockey mask and they're like, We should get in that car and drive away. And like, no, let's hide behind the chainsaws. And that guy standing behind him, he lifts his mask like, Really? Hold on, this let's easy? talk hold on, let's talk about Florida because I just got a little gem in my ear there from uh, Mr. Mansuri. The Dolphins are having full capacity at their stadium, sixty five thousand people. Let's go. Hell <laughs> bad. Is that is that for real? That's not true. They're going full? Okay, so it's not for the next home game, but they have been approved if they would like to to go. And remember well, remember, remember the Super Bowl's in Tampa <laughs> and Oh. The governor had said two weeks ago, less than two weeks ago, as things open, we expect a full capacity Super Bowl. And we were thinking, okay, I guess we're going to ramp up into that. I guess the Dolphins going to take it to the limit right right then and there. So <laughs> we shall see. Do you think they approve the Dolphins because they know that they're not going to be able to fill 65,000 people? <laughs> they could well, sell out 13,000. Hey, take it easy. Oh, take it easy. I like where the your juice. head is on that. I like the way you're thinking. You just, you just did one of those. You just said what people are thinking, but no one else wanted to say. That's the that show. Well done. <laughs> That's the show. That's the show. That was well done. These are the things that people are thinking, and you guys give voice to a good number of them. How far away? Have you been in a stadium that had fans? I guess Tampa had some fans, right, when you were down there? Last week, Tampa did, and they had their soft opening, kind of like the opening of a Broadway show before it's for real. Yeah. And I will tell you, the small number that they had, I can't remember, was like 8,000, whatever that was. It makes a difference. Yeah, for it sure. It absolutely makes a difference. And and you would think it wouldn't in a, in a big place like that. It was different, and it felt different, and it felt good in terms of broadcasting a game, the experience, all of that. Now, is it the right thing, wrong thing? I'm not going to get into that part. I'm just saying when you were doing it, it felt it. Tony Romo said the other night in Kansas City, he's like, wow, I can hear people. This is cool. And he was right. Hey, by the way, we're a sports show. We're not in the medical field. So, so yeah. Nobody's expecting us to drop medical gems on whether or not <laughs> they should have 7,500 people in a stadium. Now, we don't know anything about anything. But what I was thinking when I saw the fans in some of the stands and the team was in front of them, is there any chance that the fan, are the fans too far? And then for you in the booth, are you far away from – do they keep everybody like – are they 
are they very diligent about distance yeah there's a good distance and and what i saw in tampa and again it's just a view there's still rows before they get Mm -hmm. to the you know what i mean yeah the bottom and then to the field yeah where the fans are seated so they're still trying to distance it it's a little bit different because my beloved sec I saw. I said it was the uh, the Auburn student section or whatever. The Georgia, Georgia student Georgia, section. Yeah. George. They were like, "Whoa, <laughs> that's an advantage." That is an advantage. <laughs> What's going on? And they're supposed to be distanced and mass and all that. And someone took a shot at the student section, and there was none of either. <laughs> hey, go dogs! <laughs> I was at the SEC championship last year, and that was my first time watching an SEC game within an SEC crowd. There was grown. There was very successful grown adults barking very diligently all around me for about three hours. I was so impressed by the fanhood. I'm like, oh, my God. Did, did you get any side eye looks uh, that, you weren't, that you were not barking? No. no oh, I barked. <laughs> oh, you, you got in. Yeah, you I was part of the herd. Yeah, I was a part of the, I was a part of the flock of dogs. Yeah, I was. <laughs> it was tough, though. It was very difficult. Speaking of Georgia, do you, do, does your Tennessee Volunteers keep it close this weekend against Georgia? Yeah, this I think we do. I think we do. This is this is a true litmus test for us in terms of, you know, right now we have one of those great streaks, eight straight from last year and all that. But the bottom line is, if you're going to play in the SEC, you can't just beat the teams you're supposed to beat. You have to start beating teams you have to be. And that's what we used to do. And I know we're closer to that now. I like where the direction we're headed. I think it's going to be a heck of a game, but Georgia was very impressive Saturday night against Auburn, weren't they? Yeah, Tennessee has stunk for a long time. (laughs) It's time time for us to get back into the fight, Pat. I think so. I mean, you're Mountaineer, right? No, come on. All right. Yeah. All right. I mean, you jumped on us, what, in Charlotte, what, two, three seasons ago? Yeah, you're damn that right. That season opener. Yeah, you're yeah. damn right. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. But, but you do know that your athletic directors evolve, right? Okay. All right. Oh, oh, come on. We got to get to a break. Sorry about that. Uh, legendary CBS color commentator and voice of Madden, the electrifying, insightful Charles Day. Yeah. Thank you, See you guys later. Take care. Appreciate you, man. Hey, so sorry to interrupt. Let's talk about something a little bit more serious, shall we? Okay. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. You could get in a crash. People could get hurt or even killed. But let's take a moment to look at some surprising statistics, shall we? Mm-hmm. Almost 29 people still in the United States die every day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's a lot. That's one person every single 50 minutes. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades, drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year. You gotta be fucking kidding me, by the way. Drunk driving can have a big impact on your wallet, too. You get arrested and incur huge legal expenses. You could possibly even lose your job. So what can you do to prevent drunk driving? Plan a safe ride home before you start drinking. Designate a sober driver. Call a taxi. Maybe a a Uber, Mm -hmm. a Lyft, any other drive service. If someone you know has been drinking, take their keys. Be a friend and arrange for them to get a sober ride home. We all know the consequences of drunk driving. But one thing's for sure. You're wrong if you think it's no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. Paid for by NHTSA, which is pronounced NHTSA. Once again, don't be a fucking idiot and drive drunk in 2020. Mm -hmm. You have so many options to be safe, not only for yourself and for your family, but for others in their families. 
Don't do it. This is the year that drunk driving stops. Mm-hmm. Be a part of the answer, not a part of the problem. Well said. Back to the show. We're being joined by a man who's a national champion and a Super Bowl champion, uh, A.J. Hawk. Yeah! <laughs> Aaron, how's it going? What's happening, man? I can't wait to hear off air uh, what you're... The, the allegedly Cam Newton did. I'm oh. Like, oh, what are you talking about? Hey, listen, we've been getting uh-huh. credible stories and news to us ahead of other people that break news on a rather regular occasion at this point. It is getting very weird. It is, I, I, it's almost uncomfortable. And you never know who it's coming from. Like, I don't have sources, so I never know who it's coming from. Yep. It's just people that listen to the shows or watch the shows. They're like, hey, heads up, I have a friend, blah, blah, blah. And I've been on the internet too long that you can't just be like, all right, this person's telling the truth. Nope. But then whenever there seems to be just a common trend here that there's people that know shit that, that don't even work in the sports world. It is a very wild. We've gotten a heads up on a lot of different news here and it's becoming insane. And the Cam Newton one that we got, the story we got about Cam Newton. I mean, it's one that mm-hmm. everybody's just going to be like, yeah, that's probably going to happen at that some point. Sense. But now we got Cam Newton with it. We got their, their other best player on their team. Stephon Gilmore's got it. A couple more Titans players have it. It has come out now, allegedly, I guess, or confirmed that the Titans players had their own practice away from the facility when they were kicked out of the facility. So that's potentially how it spread. Who knows? Could have spread in a variety of different fashion. The <laughs> Oakland Raiders have it now. I mean, there's a lot of conversation. Maybe the Titans-Bills game gets uh, uh, postponed uh, like the Titans-Steelers game happened. And then what? We got to add at least one more week at the end of the season for everybody. I mean, it's a wild time in the NFL right now. We just got to hope that, just like the first six weeks, counting training camp and the seasons of the 2020 season, that the boys can figure out how to keep it out of there somehow. Because if it keeps coming in, I mean, this is going to be a clusterfuck to figure out, AJ. Yeah, it is. Why do you, uh, why do you put uh, Jadavian Clowney's picture behind that tweet? He's on the Titans. He's on dude. the Titans. What do you mean? Yeah, I know, but it's almost like you're saying he's the one that tested positive. Is that Foxy oh, with misleading Evan. news right there? Oh, oh, no. Foxy. I can actually say that was not me. Matt helps me. Oh, oh, man. Man. It though it's it a good photo Jadavian Connie looks very angry in the photo so I think it's a good photo oh so he's trying to tell the story of the feeling and the motion you're trying yeah, to figure out the news break yeah okay yeah. is he angry he looks surprised is it? Yeah, he's reading the tweet you yeah. can see him looking at the tweet oh nice. so this is a piece of art oh, that maybe you shouldn't you. disrespect AJ yes. this is a piece Man. of art <laughs> that's art I guess it's how you, it? however you look at it I, I'm just thinking of the, like a the general public that looks at this and says another Titans player test positive and they show a high-profile player like well, Clowney in the tweet, well, you're like, oh. Especially after Cam Newton's gotten it and other star players have already gotten yeah. it. If Jadavion Clowney got it, that's another superstar player. I mean, this is – it's a wild time to be alive. That The bubble is – I'll tell you what, that bubble is going to be tough to logistically make happen and, I believe, to get the players to make it happen. There's going to be potentially a lot of opting out, I think, if the bubble happens. But I, that is the conversation now from all the people that I think wanted the NFL to reconsider starting the season. Now it's like, hey, why don't we do what the NBA did and what the WNBA did and the MLS did and it was successful and the NFL's like well we're way too big and the MLB did this they had a breakout early they figured it out we will do the exact same I'm intrigued to see how this all goes 
Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I think now, aren't you looking at the possibility of having a playoff bubble? Like, I know it's something they don't want. They don't want to get there, but if they want to finish the season, they might have to do it. The MLB's thinking about it, right? They, they are doing it. it. Oh, see? So the NFL has uh, probably said a couple times, like, the MLB was able to make it happen. The MLB was like, yeah, but now the playoffs happen. Let's go ahead and make sure it happens because this is where all the money. Even though we've been able to get here to the season, which is interesting now that we think about it, they were able to get through the season. Traveling around more teams, more people, right? Playoffs is less amount of people. They had that one outbreak early, and then they figured it out afterwards. Now that they're in the playoffs, the MLB is like, well, uh, nobody's going to fuck it up now because we're going to lock this thing down. That's very interesting because the players figured it out, you would think. At that point. Mm-hmm. The, the, for the wild card round, they did home field. And then once the ALDS and NLDS started, they started in San Diego and Texas. Correct. Oh, very, very interesting. For the money is. They can't cancel games in the playoffs for the MLB because that, that's the only place that they're making any profit. Well, see, I just – the NFL bubble would be hilarious to see them try to put that together. You'd have to have a city, I think. In, in I guess Orlando, there's a lot of fields down there. There's a lot of hotels down there, obviously. There's a lot of offices, I'd assume. So maybe Disney could host it, but that would be insane to see the league pick up and go. There's so many people, AJ. There are so many people. You know that, obviously, but that's a lot of humans. I mean, just – if you think of the, the logistics it takes for an NFL team to go on and, and just play one road game, like the amount of crates and boxes that the trainers and the poor equipment people have to load onto the planes and load off and on and off the buses, it's a massive operation for a team to do anything, really. And, you know, they would say, well, they have to cut that back a little bit. Like some teams, I guess, uh, in other sports, only were, hockey was only allowed a certain amount of people were traveling no matter what. It's just very interesting. Like, will they be able to do that if they cut the training room? No, because players – those trainers are normally maxed out to the PA's not that happen. Yeah, it's very it's a very interesting dilemma that they're about. Could you cut the practice squad and just have the uh, starters go up against the either second uh, tier or the first tier? Uh, I don't, well, right now, the tier thing. Did you read the letter I, that the NFL sent out to the NFL hmm. and the NFLPA? Did you see that thing? And I, I realized quickly, <laughs> I'm a poor reader. I am a poor reader. I read through that thing, and I was like, I don't think – did they ever explain who's in what tier? Tough read. And then they just say in the tiered players, it's like, well, oh, so there's some motherfuckers that aren't even on the tier. I didn't understand. It was very deep, but they're making the rules a lot more uh, – the protocols a little bit more strict, you know, and they have to, I guess, because of what's been happening. But I just hope the guys respond and we get the first six weeks of football that we had there for a little bit. Yeah, I sure hope so, too. Don't we have J.J. Reddick coming on? He's – you know <laughs> – in my ear, I guess we've called him a couple times, and it might be the wrong number. He has not answered. This would be tough. Yesterday, Philip Rivers. Today, JJ. Uh, JJ. We're having big days here. We're having a big couple days here, too. Don't do it. Let me um, – you, you want to talk about something? You should talk about something. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure the boys have seen it. Didn't you, you see the uh, allegations that J.J. Watt got in a heated argument with oh. uh, Bill O'Brien? This will wait until the commercial break. The, this thing is awesome. Hey, because if J.J. Watt says it, the rest of the team was just waiting for J.J. Watt to say it, basically, you know? And they said that there was potentially an entire team revolt on that field at that moment. I wish – now, listen, I don't like to, you know, losing teams and all that stuff. I wish I was the punter for the Texans, though. If I was on that field just to be like, holy shit. It's happening, it's happening. It's happening, everything's <laughs> happening right now. I cannot believe – that had to be quite a scene, A.J. That had to be quite a scene on that field. If, if they said assistant coaches, I think, were even saying some things. The D coordinator. Like, supposedly, J.J. and the D coordinator got into, like, a heated argument with Bill O'Brien on whatever they were talking about. That's unheard of, to see, like, a player and another coach 
gang up on the head coach. That's and the GM. completely unheard. I've gotten, obviously, I think a lot of people have potentially raised their voices and lead counsel <laughs> and play caller. But I've seen, I've raised my voice, right, with a coach. I think everybody has at some point because it's, you know, there's a chance that something could go on. And ultimately, I've been wrong in those situations. And the coach has been wrong potentially in some situations as well because you're adults now, right? You're working together at this point as opposed to every other level of football where it's like obvious your kid we teach everything like that so to hear that players though opened up in front of the rest of the team on the head coach in a fashion basically calling out his ineptitude that the rest of the world has been singing so everybody has heard these that's like a uh, that's like a that's a quite a shot that's like uh those diss rappers like uh like basically pointing out something like your failures to you in front of the rest of the team and i would assume the rest of the team was all thinking the exact same thing. If JJ's the one saying it, I mean, I feel like he's probably the last person that would turn this as much as he's been, like, the guy for the Texans for so long. Him, That's big news. And I guess JJ has a press conference happening here in an hour and 28 minutes or 18 minutes or whatever. It's like, all right, I'm going I'm to listen to what JJ has to say and how this went because this is very interesting. If he has a press conference scheduled or his open time to the media, don't you think he's going to say, say this isn't true? I texted him. He has an answer. Plus, it is uh, true. I, so I, I have, don't think you have a press conference to say, yes, this is true. It happened. Maybe, so you, though. You think he's having a press conference to say it wasn't true? That's the only reason I could. Is he but actually is put a, tweet like out? a special press conferences? Press conference? Or is this just truth? his normal time he speaks with the media? Oh, yeah. Are we overhyping a normal media session for Jim Probably. What? Yeah. Like, this is the normal thing. He does this every single week. But since this news has come out, everybody's like, oh, now we can hype this one. That's probably, that's potentially the case. I'm not 100% sure. But if this is a special press conference, I would assume he could just tweet and say, uh, like, nah, that's not true. Yeah. He could just, that would end the whole thing. So a press conference is maybe explaining the situation a little bit. So, like, maybe it was uh, a disagreement, but it wasn't what it was blown out to be. So he wants to explain it a little bit more. I think that's potentially it. But I'm excited to hear it because... But I, I kept trying to picture myself on the practice field while it was happening, just being like, oh, fucking JJ. Oh. Yeah, could the Texans? Oh, this is, this is, this is Andrew Luck doing? Okay. <laughs> hey, that's like basically what JJ Watt, by the way. JJ yeah. Watt's the, yeah. the biggest name. He's the guy on that team. It's like, oh, Peyton Manning is doing? Oh, okay. And then everybody else is like, well, we're on that guy's side, right? Yep, I'm fucking right we are. We're on that guy's. And even the coaches are like, we're on that guy's side, too. That's a bad day for old Bill O'Brien, the guy, lead counsel, general manager, head coach, and play caller for the Houston Texans. And then he gets fired less than a week later. That's tough. That is a tough – he's probably excited to get out of there now that I'm thinking about it. What's up, Dick? There's like three or four breaking stories. Uh, Lamar Jackson was not at Ravens practice today, and nobody knows why. What? Uh, the Titans did practice when they weren't supposed to. Uh, Ron Rivera said, um, I'd be stupid not to give it a shot. Uh, it has nothing to do with Dwayne Haskins. Kyle Allen just knows the system better. And then uh, the Patriots have canceled their practice tomorrow. So if they do play on Sunday, it'll be on like one day of practice. Well, and also coming off a day where they flew to the game on the same exact day, competitive fairness thrown out the door. Lamar Jackson out of practice. That's alarming. Uh, I'll be interested to hear more about that. Julio Jones, I think, also Mm -hmm. wasn't in practice Mm -hmm. today. Is that out of precautionary reasons? Is that Lamar Jackson just had a hell of a game, hell of a game this weekend. So I don't think that's anything uh, like he's upset about something. So now the automatic thought is. Now the automatic thought is <laughs> he's got COVID. He's got COVID. Okay, uh, so if Lamar Jackson's got it, Julio. Jo- and by the way, we are not sure of this. Okay, this no is clue. not. We have no idea. Mm. We're just saying it is a sane idea to lead to the potential conclusion that what if they have COVID? They here? probably have COVID. Not what if they have COVID here? Now it's an even. I mean, this is becoming a a rather large 
oh, oh, this is not great for the NFL right now, AJ. I mean, yeah, we're, we're speculating, obviously, but Julio, he left the game early. with mm-hmm. a, he, he pushed through and played with a hamstring. He left the game against the Packers early, so I would assume that is a hamstring issue. That's good news. Out there. Good news. Hey, by the way, good news. Good news. Good news. Great. Nice good news. Nice job, Ed. Great yeah. news. As far as Lamar goes, we have no idea. What if he What if he was sick and it's not COVID? What if he has a family issue he just had to take care of? Like, there's Flew. a million reasons why you okay. cannot be there. So that's two. I have missed a day of work, by the way, because uh, I showed up and I was a little bit sick. They did my temperature thing, and they said, go home. Don't even. Where? At the Colts. Okay. I had, this like, the before, flu. Before COVID? Oh, you mean they just, you went and saw the doctor, and they sent you home? No, I came in in the morning as if I was going to go to work. Doctor yeah. there, obviously. And I go, I, I, uh, I puked this morning or whatever. They do the old test, boom. They sent me home to keep me isolated away from the entire building. Smart. We'll see you tomorrow. It's a 24-hour thing. So maybe he does have something like that. Maybe he did. It was, by the way, basement and the attic that day. It I was, got something mm-hmm. here. It looks like they were uh, working on route combinations, and they actually wanted the receivers to be able to catch the balls. Oh, the my oh, God. God. This on. guy. Jeez. Bob Griffin wouldn't help with that anyway. Bad hey, guy. Wow, dude. Fact, here what Diggs, Diggs said, well, the Titans were holding workouts or whatever together. Is that is that confirmed? I know they were speculation. The NFL was going to look into it. Uh, I don't know. Whenever I left the said studio, I was told by two people that it did come out that they were practicing. And those two people were Steelers fans who were directly affected by the Titans. <laughs> so said source could be full of shit Ooh. at this point. We, we do have to keep that in mind. Well, Paul Kuharski did uh, report it. Paul Kuharski is yeah. a reporter for the Titans in mm-hmm. Nashville. So oh, that's good. By the way, big big thing we do on this show, read the entire description that we were given yes. on the Twitter mm-hmm. so that if it does come out to be false, at least the person that said it, we had a reason to somewhat believe yeah. for saying it. Mm-hmm. Integrity. Kind of gets us out of the – I mean, people would definitely be pissed off if we're reporting wrong shit that happens. Well, but hey. We at least – what's that, Bob? It happens all the time. Aaron said it yesterday. Oh, yeah. Well – Hey, that, a lot. that went very big. That was awesome. Hey, that is one of the greatest quotes a human has probably ever said that's involved in sports. That That is just such a legendary quote. And I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, too excited about it, but that is a quote that will be heard, I think, for a long, 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 long time. Like, oh. I, I think people will refer to that quote on a very regular occasion, not only when they're talking about Aaron Rodgers, a next player is going to say something along those lines. They're going to be like, this is like when Aaron said, insert line here, that was the most savage thing of all time. I mean, this is good. I am so thankful that he said that because it is such a thought that I assume a lot of humans in the NFL have right now. Oh, absolutely. And if you want to, like, when Aaron says something like that, Every player on the team loves it. Every player in the NFL loves it. And like, yeah, yeah. it just re- it reaffirms what they already know from watching there. And like a prime example, Pat. So my wife's an interior designer. She's doing a house right now for a guy that plays in the NBA. Oh, and whoa. he wants whoa. some LeBron big. James just he house. wants some big mirror piece. Is it what? Is it JJ Reddick? Can, can she no. tell him? Oh. <laughs> it's not JJ, but this guy. So he want, he has this art piece that he wants like a Mount Rushmore type thing. And I think he has like Muhammad Ali, some big time. Most of them are all like some of these guys. Most of them are dead, I think. And then he wanted a football player. And she's like, well, who do you want? Like football? He's like, oh, A-Rod, of course. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah. And then she told me that. And she's like, was did that surprise you? I was like, no, not at all. I would think if 
a basketball player like would want a football guy like they all do have this like this crazy respect for Aaron and what he does I think and how he goes about it he because it's they understand and I'm not saying that other people don't understand but to play at a very high level it takes a lot of commitment a lot of commitment in your entire life like your entire life and and that obviously can take away from some other aspects of your life so to be that great and that consistent that means the commitment level has to be so big and people respect that I think other people that are athletes for a living respect like the commitment people put in because they've had to do it themselves and then whenever you have that confidence factor on top and there's always it seems like naysayers like if you're an athlete you're like hey hey hey, good for that fucking guy over there good for that guy i feel that's how i always felt i was like man this guy he can throw a ball into a bucket which by the way as a uh, quarterback in the NFL. That is something that is very difficult to do, I can tell you. Now, I could pull it off if I had to, but mm-hmm. nowhere near as often as he does it, which seems to be every fucking pass. He just seems to be the guy. And it's uh, it's really cool. It's really cool to kind of see the world embracing him more right now. Because it is. Everybody on the internet loved it. Other professional athletes loved it. The only people that hated it were the people, you know, the old school people that are like, you never saw this out of the other greats or whatever. But they thought it. The other greats did think it. And you need to know that, even though they didn't say it. But it, the only people that really hated it was the media, some media members that he did bury later in the interview before they even saw it. Right, so, I mean, it's a, I think a lot of people loved it. And I know I for sure did. I mean, I almost lost my mind as soon as the line came out of his mouth. Yeah, you did. And it's, you can't really go against it because just look at the numbers. It's true. It's true. Reality's. Reality's cold, cold world, kids. Yes, it Sorry. is. Just the way it goes. Hate to break mm-hmm. it to you. And he's, it feels like he's nowhere near done. Nowhere near it. He's just slicing and dicing right now. And with the Jordan Love draft pick, he, and obviously the only time I ever talked to him, for people that are watching, I don't, AJ probably talks to him a lot. The only time I talk to him is recorded conversation. So anything I say is not like I'm getting information from him to relay onto the air. If he says it, maybe. Like you should definitely, if AJ says something in mm-hmm. the mind of Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. you should definitely be like, oh, there's probably a chance. But for me, I never talk to him like that. It's very <laughs> just like a recorded conversation. That Jordan Love pick probably opened up his mind to be like, you know what? I'm probably not going to finish my career here. And there's not, it's not going to be in my control. I'll be able to do it. So we might even see like the Tampa Bay Q Gronkineers thing happen Ooh. around Aaron Rodgers here in a couple of years too. I mean, this is this is a great ride we're about to have here for, and he's been doing it for 16 years, obviously. But we're about to have a great ride, I think, over the next few years. This is going to be a lot of fun to kind of watch unfold because he is so good at the football, and I don't think anybody knows anything about him. Normally, those superstars. You learn about them from what? High school? College? There's an entire breakdown of the human, the family. You know everything about everybody. Aaron, nobody really has a clue about him much, right? He's always been like this this guy that stories have been told that maybe didn't paint him in either a, pro- a proper light or a positive light, and he just chose to be indifferent. Just That's literally his, his motto he told us is like, He's, he's not scared to be indifferent. Kill him with indifference. Kill him with yeah. indifference was his quote. It was an incredible. And he's always been like that. So he's never answered anything. So normally when something comes out, you'll hear somebody answer. Like, no, no, no. The, 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 Aaron's never done that with anything. He's always just like, don't care. Let's keep it moving. Now I feel like he's at a point where he's just so comfortable. Like, yeah, I know my resume speaks for itself. Okay. I'm still playing good. And 
Y'all motherfuckers have no idea who I am as a human either. So let's just go ahead and have a good time. with. It. I'm very happy that he comes on the show. Every week. No, it's he almost gets treated like an actor, kind of. Like, everyone's more, con- like, you know, worried about, like, his personal life and who he's dating and, like, the family stuff and, like, that. And when you don't want to talk about that all the time, they just assume it's like, oh, he's a standoffish asshole. And then you just watch the show and you're like, oh, actually, he's very, very char- charismatic yeah. and, you know, like, he'd be a hey. blast to be around. Hey, he's funny. <laughs> you were charming. Yeah, charming and... Funny. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to the show. Here we are on October 7th, 2020. And what's going to happen with football? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Literally nobody knows. But we got through four weeks of football, only one game really being postponed. uh, postponed. What's going to happen next week? Nobody knows. The week after that? Nobody knows. But we will be here through the whole damn thing. Can't thank you enough for listening to the show. Can't thank our guests enough. From all of us to all of you, you're the greatest people on earth. Uh, Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music. We'll be back manana. More big guests, more good conversation, and only good news. That's what we're about here. Good news around here. And don't drunk drive. Stop that. That's so stupid. Back in the day, people used to do it, and they used to just claim, well, there isn't an option, a viable option, because blah, blah, blah. There are so many options now for you not to drunk. Reading that... That thing earlier. Yeah, there's some startling numbers. Every 50 minutes, somebody dies That's from wild. impaired driving at this point. And stop. Can't win with it. Won't win with it. Can't do it. Won't do it. All right. We'll see you, Mignogna. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.